Hi, I'm Connor Thompson. I'm part of the Demand Generation team here at Sorted Group. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sorted Retail Sessions podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Jonathan Simons, UK Sales and Client Director, Services Director at Landmark Global. Now, Landmark Global is the international division of B-Post, Belgium's national postal service. And for more than a decade, they've helped customers expand global with full service, end-to-end delivery and logistics solutions. Now, Jonathan is a cross-border distribution specialist, so it's great to have you on today to chat about all things Brexit, international carriers and e-commerce. Nice to meet you. Fantastic. Nice introduction. Thank you very much. No problem at all. No problem at all. I mean, let's let's dive right in there, Jonathan. So sure. we're all we're all seeing in the you know the news reports and feeling the chaos of post-pandemic and Brexit shipping. What are you seeing on the ground? Um, so, um, I mean, the past, well, many months, I mean, since COVID started back in March 2020, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a real challenge. I mean, for a lot of providers like us, cross-border logistics um, became a huge challenge for, uh, I mean, it's still a challenge now, but for that first initial period, um, and it was purely based on the fact that um, there was a huge amount of flight cancellations, our line haul partners to key markets um, were heavily disrupted. Um so we, we, you know, as a business, we're fully dependent on um, passenger airlines. Um, so we buy space from those airlines. Uh, and we were kind of working day by day. We had to, really, because those options that we had product market, we had very reliable routes. All of a sudden, there was flight cancellations left, right, and centre. Mm. Um, every single day, there'll be um, something else that we had to, to consider. Mm. And the knock-on effect to that was that there was just huge disruption for, uh, for, for customers. Uh, and those customers were still seeing a huge amount of volume going through their a huge amount of orders coming through their their, their business. Um, we had to try and manage that as best we could. I mean, we actually um, we worked out that uh, us uh, as a business we had approximately sixty five percent of our routes stop overnight. Um, wow. So it was a lot to deal with. Um, and I mean that that got better towards the summer of last year as well. So we had an initial period of three months where by day we were just you know there was a huge amount of disruption uh and then the airlines that we worked with were then becoming creative in terms of um yes they couldn't there was no one flying mm-hmm. to these destinations um so so you, we were seeing a, a huge amount of disruption even in towards the summer but things then start to get better um the airlines or some of the line haul providers that we were using certainly got creative in terms of how to, to continue these flows going mm-hmm. um but um, I mean, some of the, the retailers, there was certainly a, an impact to their their delivery promise. I mean, they, they had to continue the, these flows going. They had to continue meeting their their customers' um, requirements. Uh, so in some cases, I mean, it, it, there, there was certainly a, a move towards um, the likes of, say, DHL or, or UPS, more of these integrated networks that, that operate their own airlines. They have their own flights into destinations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the knock-on effect was that were still wanting to, to meet the requirements of their, their consumers. Mm. They had to, it would then, I mean, the knock-on effect was that it would be costing more. Mm. Um, but, I mean, things have now got a lot, got a lot better. Um, I mean, towards the end of last year, I mean, coming into peak, um, we were seeing volumes, oh, well, we were seeing volumes, peak volumes in the summer of 2020. And then mm. coming into peak, we saw even more of an uplift. 
Um, so again, it, it was even more of a challenge in peak last year, just to try and ensure that we had the right amount of capacity, mm. the right amount of resource. Uh, and that was being felt across the whole industry. Whoever you spoke to, um, mm. even if it was competitors, whoever you spoke to, they were having exactly the same challenges. Um, so, you know, as a business, it really brought us together. Um, we had to come together a lot, a lot better. Uh, and, you know, we had a, a largely successful 2020. That's good. Um, so there was negatives and, and positives to the, the, the whole, the way that um, COVID impacted on logistics. Um, but even over just before Christmas, there was obviously a new strain that was mentioned. Uh, and that then had a knock-on effect to um, the amount of people that were traveling. Um, mm. So, I mean, but we, we are still having to deal with this on a on a day-to-day basis even mm. now. I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, uh, you've been in the industry for, for quite a while now. And do you think it's been the strangest uh, peak period that you've seen just because of we've obviously had brexit uh we've yeah. had the, you know the pandemic um it's been such a strange one what's it been like for you um that, i mean there's been a huge amount to deal with um yeah. over the past few months um we've had um covid which is which is still happening now but we've had the run up to brexit and uh, brexit that's been on and off for so long and obviously and then towards the end of last year where it was definitely going to be happening um there was a huge amount of preparation that went into that within logistics to try and navigate or try and really get, get ourselves as Brexit ready as possible. Yeah. Um, and we went through an extensive exercise, as you can imagine, as retailers did as well, to really try and understand exactly what the, the, the plans of our retailers were. Um, and that's just really to understand. So you want your, your customers to in, within Europe not to be impacted by this. Yeah. They needed to decide, retailers need to decide exactly um, what kind of delivery model that they're going to incorporate in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, the simple question was, um, so there's going to be duty and tax now to pay into Europe. Um, who do you want to pay that? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to pay that as the, 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 as the retailer? Um, or do you want the actual recipient to pay the duty? Um, and that was the big, biggest question. Um, I mean, the, the, the knock-on effect to this is that um, there is an impact on either the shipper or the receiver of that, that product that's been ordered. There is an additional cost that, that needs to be taken into account. Um, so, you know, we, we planned, um, you know, very heavily for Brexit. We've worked very closely with our retailers to understand exactly what their plans were. Mm. And uh, largely it's worked very well. Excellent. I mean, just this morning, I think I got one of those messages from from Royal Mail saying your uh, your shipment is stuck in our warehouse because there needs to be a two pound sixteen pence fee, um, yeah. you know, paid or something like that. So it's definitely starting to to impact consumers one hundred percent. But with Landmark Global having you know numerous global hubs, do you think the events of the last twelve months have have made the feel like the world feel more connected or more dispersed in terms of running a de- delivery operations and shipping parcels? Um, so, I mean, COVID itself has, has probably um, made that, I mean, the, the world still remain connected. Uh, mm. And the reason I say that is that, um, you know, people were, consumers were still willing to order from international um, retailers, mm. international websites. Uh, and there was a huge uplift of orders as well. It's not, it's not as though people were then reluctant to, to order from overseas because they were, they were concerned about um, whether that order would actually arrive in a timely manner or not. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, that for me still says that the world is connected mm. uh, and things were still flowing. So absolutely, things were taking a little bit longer. Uh, delivery timeframes were certainly extended. Uh, and the retailer was very wise in terms of making sure that they give um, their, their consumers an idea in terms of how much they've been extended by. Yeah. And that has continued. I mean, we, we have 
Um, I mean, retailers have largely been had a very successful 2020 COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very difficult for them to, to manage. Um, I mean, all the social distancing requirements we have in warehouses now, that's something that they have to be mindful of. So try it's a it's a balance in terms of trying to get the orders out, making sure we're doing it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, what has had a I suppose an impact in in where we feel slightly disconnected um, is I mean absolutely because of Brexit. I mean there is still I mean we were very much as a European Union it was very easy to trade for Europe um, and also moving parcels cross border was very very simple. It was free circulation obviously and that's that's now completely changed. The whole landscape is different and that's where the the, the slight disconnect is now uh, and we're still in the infancy of it happening i mean we're only what six weeks in um and there was bound to be some level of disruption it was mm-hmm. as much as we're planning for something like this um it's a huge change within retail and logistics to try and now navigate your way through customs complexities uh, and at the time when we're planning for this we also no one knew what the trade deal would look like yeah. And we only knew at the, the 11th hour exactly what that what impact that would then have on retail retailers mm-hmm. and also the impact that it would have then on the logistics companies like us. Uh, and, I mean, you see, you read, see in the press, the, I mean, the, there is horror stories being reported about um, how much of an impact there has now been within Europe. Um, and there was bound to be disruption um, in the early stages. Uh, I'm still, I am actually still seeing that the dust is settling now. Okay. Um, and for me, um, and it is absolutely clear that you can still service the requirements of a, a European consumer uh, from a, a, a distribution centre in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. What has impacted certain industries, certain sectors um, are then, I mean, the, there is certainly a, an impact on people shipping. Uh, certain products that are now classed as, as prohibited. Okay. Um, and that was only then clear when we we realised the trade deal. Um, and uh, that's then, uh, pro- I suppose, prompted retailers to really look at their model uh, and assess for the future how best they service Europe, whether they continue to do that from the UK mm-hmm. or whether potentially they, they have to look at having a regional distribution centre in mainland Europe somewhere. And they're conversations now that we're, we're having more with with uh, with retailers um, who are just really trying to understand exactly what um, the cost is uh, to be able to do that. Because, you know, for, for any retailer now having to potentially operate two uh, distribution centres, one for the UK and one for Europe, mm. I mean, it's obviously feasible for to do that, but there's a, there's a cost to be able to do that as well. And you have to then manage that um, mm. from afar. You have to manage that from the UK. Um, but the dust is settling now. We're six weeks in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing um, there's still some some challenges with uh, with certain companies shipping into 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 Europe. Yeah. The postal networks and it's interesting you mentioned Royal Mail, but the postal networks have been heavily impacted by this mm. um, because they're all of a sudden now they're having to contend with collecting duties and taxes from the recipient of these uh, of these orders mm. when they never had to do that before um, and um, the, the capacity that they now need to hold parcels and reach out to consumers, um, there's a lot to it now. There's mm. a lot more formalities. Um, and, you know, over time, things will, will get a lot better. It's just that initial impact. Because the retailer just wants that consumer to go, okay, it's a, there's maybe a slightly delay on my order, but it's still arriving. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm also not being hit 
uh, with, say, local charges. So for me, the model that makes sense, and it's easy for me to say because I'm not, I'm not running a, ret a retail business, but the model that makes sense for me um, to ensure your consumer has a, a seamless experience is, is taking ownership of the duties and taxes. Um, so delivering on a, du a duty paid model, if I was a retailer, certainly that will, that would be the model that I would be incorporating. And that's really what we're seeing happening. Mm. And, and retailers that, that chose not to go that way. Um, and there were some, absolutely. There were some that chose to actually say, okay, I'm going to pass all the, the costs of the juices taxes to the recipient. I think that there's been a realization, a reality check that that is not the right model. And we've, we're seeing those retailers actually now moving to a, a duty paid model. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does make sense. That does make sense. I mean, you're talking a lot about retailers and at Landmark, you'll have really good relationships with retailers. But what do carriers and, and logistics providers, um, what is their role to helping retailers in, in the changing world? Yeah, I mean, we, we've really helped steer. I mean, we have a responsibility. We're not just moving parcels now. I mean, mm -hmm. that is a, that's really what we're here to do. Logistics providers is, is moving product. Uh, across the world as quickly as we can, efficiently as we can, yeah. at the right price. Um, but um, we've certainly got into a huge amount of uh, diverse conversations with retailers um, where we have knowledge and experience of, of, of how to trade with the world. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, this is where we've been called upon to dive into conversations whereby we've never really uh, – we, we're not experts at the, the duty and tax element of – of, of transactions, um, but now we have that experience. I mean, we have people in our business that are there to to, to fulfil those questions, provide uh, advice, provide support, uh, and we've become uh, a lot more experienced in in the in the, in the requirements of, of of tax legislations across the world. We're not tax experts. We're mm -hmm. you know we're we're here to to move parcels. But what has added a huge amount of value to retail are having those conversations. Because there's been a lot of change, again, not just because of Brexit, but also there was the abolishment of the distance selling rules on January 1st this year as well. Okay. Um, and also there's going to be some more change towards July of this year as well, um, whereby the, there's, um, there's something that's been Im implemented called Import One-Stop Shop. Okay. Um, which, again, it impacts on retailers. Uh, it impacts on on the the, the, the VAT and tax act, um, elements of mm -hmm. transactions and who actually pays that. Um, so this is also something which is going to be um, a consideration for retailers into 2021. Um, so we have a responsibility to try and help uh, you know consumers or customers navigate through um, through these challenges, through these things as, as best we can. And it adds a lot of value. It takes us away just from being from seen as a, a parcel provider. Mm -hmm. um, we're having conversations that generally you would be expecting to have with external consultants. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the, the level that we're at, really, to try and have a consultative approach in, in, in how we actually work with our, our retailers. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you mentioned a couple of things that have already impacted, um, you know, as we go into 2021. But do you see changes within inventory and order management um, this year? Um, I think it really stems to to where you, you'll you be looking to fulfill from. Okay. Um, and I mean, this for the first three months of this year, the first quarter, for me, um, that was going to be the the time period in which retailers potentially assess how the best they they serve the European market. Mm. I mean, we're focusing a lot on Europe, obviously. I mean, the the, the world is a big place. There's a, there's a huge amount of potential in other markets around the world as well. But obviously, Europe is still a huge part of a retailer's business. 
Uh, and of the first few months of this year, we'll help steer whether a retailer decides to start fulfilling from Central Europe or not. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a huge step that, that some of our retailers have already made mm-hmm. in preparation for, for Brexit to, to ensure that there's no borders and they continue to, to service their, 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 their consumers in a, in a timely manner. But some are now actually assessing that. Um, and then if they actually decide to go down that route, it's then decision as to where they best um, place themselves within Europe as well. Um, so, so that would be, I would say, an assessment that's made in the first few months of this year. But in terms of the, the inventory and the order management systems, I mean, we've certainly seen a, a, a switch, more of a switch to having a platform mm. that enables uh, retailers to make changes very, very quickly. Okay. This year, it's been a year where we've had to, not just us, but the retailers has to remain, to, to be as agile as possible. Uh, and, and that's purely to satisfy the promise that they've made to their, their consumer. Mm. Uh, and if they then had uh, a need to change the supplier for whatever reason, if that supplier was unable to fulfill a requirement or get product to market as, as, as quickly as what you needed, then they needed to, retailers needed to be, be able to make a quick change. Mm. But we were exactly the same. Um, and, you know, the model we, that we have, um, certainly into key markets, is that we have not just a supplier, we have multiple suppliers, a, a backup as such, if somebody's not performing. Uh, and we we have to make a change because otherwise we'll either create you know huge delays, huge bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. Um, then we are flexible enough to be able to, to just make make instant changes um, mm-hmm. to help the flow of orders going through our networks. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a, a real testing year, not just for retailers and and providers, but what has like I say, it's brought really brought us together. Uh, I've really seen that uh, there's been a huge amount of appreciation from retailers as well in terms of the hard work logistics, logistics yeah. companies in this yeah. year. Uh, and certainly, um, I mean, there's, there's still been retailers that are, were willing to make changes, so are willing to change providers. Mm. Um, but I've really sensed there's been a huge um, increase of, of, of loyalty towards suppliers now. So those suppliers that have really helped them steer them through the past few months and have been as supportive as possible. Mm. I've really helped that uh, that retailer to, to maintain a steady flow of orders going through the network. It's um, there's certainly decisions now are being really made on based on loyalty as opposed to price, which is a really re- refreshing change. Yeah, that's a good thing, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. certainly something that the retailers are definitely focusing on now. It's, it's things like customer loyalty and customer retention. And from a obviously we don't speak to it from a, a supplier angle, but 100% that that whole relationship there. If you've helped them through this really really difficult period. You're yeah. going to you know, bear that in mind for the future. So that's that's lovely to hear. That's really good. Um, I mean, we've, we've all seen the, the negative articles around fish exports and, you know, shellfish exports uh, in the UK. Are there any other markets that you're seeing are, are being impacted more by Brexit than others? Um, certainly, um, if you've got an element of your product which uh, fits into a food category, Mm. Um, or an even impacted is is um, you know a, a, such a growth market, especially over lockdown, was sports nutrition. I mean, everyone's trying to, to remain as healthy as possible at home. Yeah. Uh, but companies that have um, yeah products of that nature, um, and there's, there there are a lot of them in the UK, and and, and some huge organisations that have serviced their um their they got a distribution centres still here in in the UK. Mm. The, the trade deal has challenges um so that there is product that wasn't previously prohibited that is now prohibited um so uh, we are trying to, to trying to work with these clients as best we can 
um, you know, working with our trade services teams to really assess people's SKUs, products, to give them an idea in terms of what is an absolute no-go for the future yeah. or what potentially is just going to be, potentially could go through, um, but may require some additional paperwork. Um, and that's something which we're, it's again, changing day by day. Um, so that there has been an impact on those types of retailers that fit into mm-hmm. that Oh, so it's interesting you say that. It does seem that the customers are spending their money in the same places. You mentioned, obviously, gym equipment, food subscription yeah. companies are the same. You know, people wanting to go to supermarkets less, ordering that sort of thing. And it's it's quite funny when the uh, human nature, it, you know, it comes into play and everyone does start to spend the money on, on the same things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It. Um, finally, Jonathan, uh, if you could tell UK retailers to change or fix one thing right now, what would it be? Um, so I would say, um, I mean, the returns experience now is such a such a huge thing. Um, mm. I mean, the high street is obviously struggling. It's not currently the high street is closed. Um, so there's been a huge amount of more returns from retailers. I mean, that's something which I've, I've really noticed that um, certain retailers have been behind the times. I mean, there is really there is a there's some which are really advanced in terms of the returns offering and it's making it as easy and as simple as possible for a consumer to send something back mm-hmm. uh, and there's been a huge amount of there's been a huge increase in, in our returns that we're seeing as well uh, so it's just making that experience as enhanced and as easy to follow as possible because there's also then a, a demographic of re, uh, consumers that uh, are maybe new to online ordering um, that have generally been um, really a fan of the high street they like to go and touch and feel the product but that's obviously not currently an option yeah um so it's that demographic um which would need to just see uh, an experience returns for the first time of how easy it can actually be and you know my 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 mother who's mid-70s she's now ordering online for the first time and she's also now sending stuff back um without a huge amount of kind of guidance for myself so some retailers absolutely cracked it in terms Returns experience, um, but there, there's some which really need to, to, to make some changes to, to make it as, as simple and easy to uh, to follow as possible. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, hopefully the uh, the high street can come back as soon as possible when it's safe to do so. But yeah. in the meantime, absolutely. Thank you for coming on and joining us with uh, Sorted Retail Sessions today. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of the Sorted Retail Sessions podcast. We've got loads more awesome guests lined up, so make sure you subscribe and follow to keep up to date. And don't forget, the discussion continues over on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook too. Find us at Sorted Official.